You're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Carell. And today we have Christian Highfield from his YouTube channel, Cranking with Christian. Now, y'all know Christian is not a newcomer to the show, and he's co-hosted many episodes in the past. And I'm glad to have you back, Christian. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Glad to be back. Thank you for inviting me back out on the podcast. Oh, no problem, man. I know it's been a while since I talked to you, and you know your YouTube channel's been doing pretty good. Uh, I just got back from iCast 2022, and I watched a few of your videos coming home from iCast, kind of bored on that long 12-hour trip, and I said, man, I need to get Christian back on the show, ASAP, (laughs) talk about some of your adventures you've had recently, man. Um, Yeah. I had a great time down there, man. Uh, I I got came back with COVID, which a few of us that went down there, you know, we ended up coming back with COVID. But, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. The strain I have, it's not too bad compared to some of the other ones. More like a head cold. But, uh, man, it's it was a blast. I'm still, you know, just recovering from from my mind being completely <laughs> blown down there. Yeah, yeah, ICAST is really cool, and uh, uh, it's one of the things I would love to be able to go to someday, which maybe potentially next year, um, maybe in the works to go to it, but uh, they released a lot of cool things down there this year, Um, a lot more technology and stuff with all the electronics and uh, some gear and accessories and everything. Uh, What do you think down there? How How did you like it? Man, I was blown away. Of course, I had to do a lot of my pro staff duties, and I was glad to. American Tackle was kind enough to invite me down there for the second year in a row, and uh, it was an amazing experience. And I just do everything I can to help those guys out. And uh, But I did get to walk around and do quite a few interviews. Uh, I have a lot of videos on TikTok right now of various people I talk to in the industry. Uh, I have a, um, a several videos up right now. I know I posted a video of that orange uh, Hobie PA-14. And yep. I, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that was going to be a new collar for next year. But apparently it's not going to be. That was for the Hobie Bass Open Series. So if you guys, you know, see see that on my TikTok, that's kind <laughs> of a mistake. But I think we're going to keep that video up because it's, you know, it's got such a following. And it, and it did gain the, you know, the attention on you put some attention on that kayak for sure but Mm -hmm. man um extreme mist you know i was talking to those guys down there and extreme mist is sort of like a personal cooling system um they have their spring summer catalog i'm looking at right here and you can check them out at www.extrememist.com and these guys actually have a misting system that you can install onto a kayak and I'm actually looking at getting this misting system that'll hook up into a, uh, you know, a big container full of water and uh, will actually spray cold water on you, um, you know, with the on and off switch. So basically it's an air conditioner for your kayak. It's as closest, uh, closest we're going to get. <laughs> it's the closest thing to an AC unit we're going to get on a kayak. Let's just face it. Nothing else is going to yep. You know, this misting system is going to keep cold water on you. Uh, it's got eight different speeds. Um, he said if you keep it at speed four, and that's all you ever need, it'll last up <laughs> to, uh, up to 16 hours, but the battery life on it. But if you're cranking that all the way up to eight, 
uh, you're only going to go about five hours on that battery power. So it's just dependent on how hot it is and how much you're cranking them suckers is, you know, going to depend on how strong your battery power is. And of course, how much water you got in the back of your tank. So these yeah. things just hook up to like an igloo, like a big igloo container full of water. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, man, it just, you know, keep your ice in there, keep it cold, and uh, your water is going to be cold. That's pretty interesting stuff. And Old Town came out with the new kayak as well that I'm just ecstatic about. And that is the Autopilot 120. Uh, I walked up, I saw this kayak out there on the floor, and it's the first time I've seen it in person. And, uh, you know, we all know the kayak industry is going towards electric motors. You have the Torquedos, uh, Bixby, they were another presence I saw down there at ICAST. And then we have Minn Kota, which is, you know, the Minn Kota's with the spot lock and, you know, all the fancy doodads and features that they have now. Um, that's the direction that kayak fishing is going, the competitive side of kayak fishing, at least. Um, people are throwing away the paddle, they're getting rid of their pedals, and they're going straight to electric pr propulsion. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, Sportsman, um, the Sportsman Autopilot 120 by Old Town has done that. I mean, they have a port built into the kayak itself to where you can mount that Minn Kota right in. No pedals, no paddle, no problem. And you just move <laughs> right along on that thing. Um, that thing really impressed me. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was out on uh, the Rocket Star Ranch there with John Graves, and I had actually got into one of the Old Town Sportsmen. It's one of the older models. I can't remember what brand it was or what an exact model. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a big guy, and I felt pretty comfortable on that thing. Um, it was stable. I was able to get around the pond, and that was my first time using those, um, you know, the bicycle pedals. Uh, yeah, basically, you know, you're pedaling forward and pedaling backwards to go forward and backwards. Yep, and I know we're both Hobie guys here, uh, and I mean, I absolutely love the fin style drive. As you know, too, it's probably the easiest one to pedal and consistently sit there and pedal because with those bicycle drives, to me, it just it takes so much more power to go um, and turn that bicycle drive compared to just doing that little flutter kick with your feet. But um, I, I demoed a lot of kayaks and the Old Town, to me, those were very, very well built and easy to uh, pedal kayaks. I really enjoy those Old Town ones. And now that they put that Minn Kota in it, I think that's just a game changer having that spot lock in a kayak. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I am impressed with the what Old Town. I mean, Old Town's been there for a while. I mean, these guys are building canoes back in like long time ago i can't remember how old the company is exactly but <clears throat> they've been around for a good while they know what they're doing but i do prefer mm -hmm. the pedal drive on the hobie though i do like the flutter yeah. better um it's just easier and it seems like you're just kicking more power um it seems yeah. like i picked up speed faster you know it's like kicking harder I don't know. I just maybe I've been on the PA for so long that I'm just so used to those, um, you know, the pedal drive, the Mirage drive on that. that <laughs> I'm not yeah. willing to, 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 to do anything else at this point except for go to an electric motor. And yeah. of course, you're seeing all those electric motors on the new PAs and on everybody's pro anglers and, and their kayaks now. And that's just the way it's going, man. And I think, uh, you know, yeah. Old Town Sportsman, they're 
they're ahead of the game. You know, something else that I, I think you may have po- either you posted it or somebody else I knew posted on Facebook um, about something else that's cool for not only boat anglers, but also can be very useful for kayak anglers, too, that came out at ICAST. I believe it was that Fraybill weight net to where when you can just go and you use your net to grab your fish and it's got that scale built into it. Um, I know us as kayak anglers, we got a limited amount of room that we can actually store stuff and just having a scale and all that's just one more extra thing to have in our kayak. But we almost all, almost everybody I know has nets on their kayak. And I thought it was really cool that having a scale built into a neck that whenever we're tournament fishing or anything, you can just go scoop up that fish and uh, get the weight on the fish and everything. Because, I mean, you know how it is being a kayak angler. Everybody's always like, oh, what's that way? Because people that don't kayak fish, all they care about is weight. They don't care about the length like we all do. And uh, I think that's pretty sweet to have it all incorporated into one net. So it's less things you have to have on your uh, kayak too. Yeah, I see the merit in that because there is definitely two different worlds and there's the weight mm-hmm. and inches and us kayak guys, you know, we like length and you know, the, everyone else goes on, you know, pounds. I tell someone, oh, I told uh, my brother-in-law, yeah, there's a bunch of 17s back in that back pond on his property. <laughs> no, they're not 17 pounders, I wish. They're 17 <laughs> And people oh, you wouldn't use sometimes, you know. <laughs> you'd be surprised on how uh, some of the guys in my boat club, like, I'll post a picture if I'm out kayak fishing. I'm like, oh, I'm like, look at this 18 uh, incher I just caught. Like, if I'm floating the river for smallies with my buddy, and uh, they're like, oh, what's an 18 incher weigh? And I'm like, well, uh, it's an 18 incher, and I'm like, approximately such and such weight, and go on. I'm like, I don't know the exact weight. I'm like, I didn't weigh it, but. Yeah, it's hard to go back between that weight and the measurement. And it's just one thing that's good. I think it would be pretty cool to um, incorporate it all in one. So when you're just netting it like you always do in a kayak, you can grab the weight and just check the weight too, just so you have an approximate idea. Yep, no more fish stories. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into your channel a little bit. Um, You just came down. You just got back from Lake Erie a few weeks ago. How did your trip up there go? Oh, it was, I mean, it's a blast as always. I uh, I always say I think I'm cursed up at Lake Erie because um, if you saw my track record with Lake Erie right now, not necessarily the fishing-wise, but uh, having issues. Um, let's see, two years ago, I went up there with my buddy. An hour into fishing, he got a hook so deep in his thumb, it was in his joint, so we had to go to urgent care, and we were there for five hours to head home, so we fished for one hour. The next time we were up there, uh, I got really, really seasick. It was the first time I've ever been seasick out there on my own boat on Lake Erie. We were out fishing offshore on my boat and uh, bouncing on like three foot waves and I just got seasick. Earlier this year, I went there and uh, my bearing on my trailer blew as soon as we got to the boat ramp that morning and it was Memorial Day weekend. So you uh... you can imagine how hard it was to find a mechanic Um, to get it to work on and the parts I end up having to run all the way over to Knox Marine in Fredericktown which is two hours away to grab the actual hub assembly all the way back and uh, then pay the mechanic from there because I didn't have tools to put it on and then uh, the time after which was when I just got back from um, about two weeks ago uh, I get up there first day an hour in um, I caught my biggest smallie I've ever caught 30 minutes after fishing 
15 minutes later, I caught another uh, second biggest smallie I've ever caught, which both were in the mid fours. Wow. And uh, that literally an hour into fishing, right after I caught those, uh, my trolling motor stopped working. And I ended up blowing, I ended up finding later that day that I, had, I blew a circuit breaker from my trolling motor somehow. And I drifted around for eight hours after it blew that day. The next day, after I got my trolling motor sorted out, my live scope decided it wasn't going to work, which I was relying on probably more than I should have out there because of fishing on these offshore rocks to try to look for um, all the smallies out there. And uh, it ended up being that my switch that I have it wired into went bad, so it just wasn't getting a connection. So I swear I'm cursed on Lake Erie. It is, oh, I, wow. <laughs> I have not had good luck with the travels and equipment and stuff, but other than that, great day. I brought a, I brought Cass, my girlfriend, out with me because she loves going up there to uh, fish, and she just drags around Ned rigs all the time. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, let's go try my offshore spots for some smallies, see what we can't figure out. And um, we both almost immediately started pulling up smallmouth. Um, like I said, 30 minutes in, I think we got there at six o'clock or six fifteen. It was trailerable way in. We start fishing at six, or we start fishing around 6.45, 7.05, I caught one that was four and a half pounds. 7.10, I caught one that was 4.1 pounds. 7.30, I got one that was four pounds. And then I got like a two and a half to three pounder, like 30 minutes after. So I had four of my fish within that first hour, all being around four pounds. And uh, that cast, awesome. she had about the same. She wasn't, she was catching a lot of sheep's head. Um, I think it was the way that she was working her Ned rig. She was working a little bit faster to where those, I think those sheep's head, whenever it's worked a little bit faster, they really like uh, going after them where you got to really slow it down for the smallies. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was great. We ended up going and luckily I had power poles on my boat because that was the first time I've ever really utilized power poles on my boat. And uh, it saved my life that day without with not having a trolling motor. So we ended up going right into Putin Bay and uh, just power pulling down on a few different areas that I found a few weeks before when my trailer bearing went out and I was there. And uh, I ended up catching, I think, 15 fish that were three pounds uh, in an hour or two. And I mean, it, Cass ended up getting a limit of two to three pounders. She had almost 11 pounds for three or for five fish, and I had almost 16 pounds for five fish so it was it was an awesome trip that first day um wow so, well i know she was dragging around the ned rig what were you catching those four pounders on exactly the same thing and the funny part was is i right when i caught the big one i told Cass, i'm like hey cast right up on this direction i just had a bite she casted the opposite direction so once I got retied, I cast it in that same spot I told her to cast, and I pulled up a four-pounder. So she wasn't uh, too happy about that. But I'm like, I tried to tell you where to go, Cass. Yeah, you tried to tell her, right? That could have been her yeah. pounder. Man, that's awesome. So you just kind of stuck with that Ned rig all day then. Yeah, I, I tried to do some other stuff. I tried some drop shots. I tried some tubes. Um, and... I mean, really, those are the only other things I really throw out there on Lake Erie too much, depending on the year. I mean, some some part, times of the year you can go up and throw crankbaits. You can go throw little swim baits like paddle tail swim baits. Um, you can throw a bunch of stuff, A-rigs, but I, th that's more of the spring or fall stuff that I like throwing. And here, late spring, early summer, um, 
I really like going and sticking with the slow baits like that Ned Rig drop shot and tube. And some days one of the boats is what the, or one of the baits is what they're keying in on. And it just happened to be that Ned Rig that day. And it was one specific weight, which was one six. I tried a little bit heavier, um, really couldn't get many big bites. I tried a little bit lighter and got even less bites. Um, I think just because with all the current and stuff that was ripping through there that day, it just wasn't getting down all the way. And those smallies were hugging the bottom. They were moving out of their spawning zones, moving back out to deep rock. And we just happened to find that transition point. Um, but yeah, those Ned rigs, that was a deal. I couldn't get anything big on any other bait. What, how, how do you rig them when you go up there? Um, I just, <clears throat> I really just rig a straight, a regular Z-Man TRD Ned rig head. Um, the only ones I could find that time were the Z-Man Pros which actually they, those may have been an eight, one and one or one eighth ounce, not one sixth. Um, and I just, I rig, I rig all my stuff on very light line anyways, especially in Lake Erie when it's so uh, clear because Cass was using a little bit different line than me. She was using like an eight to 10 pound line um, where I was using 10 pound braid to a six pound leader, just because I feel like that six pound leader, even though it's really not much different, of the uh, actual diameter of the line than what eight pound is. I think that little bit of, that very tiny bit of difference in diameter of that line makes it just a little bit more invisible in that water so than those big smallies that are pretty educated up there for as much as they get fished at. Um, that uh, it really helps with getting some bites when you can't on other types of lines and stuff. So I was just rigging a regular um, Ned rig up on a Z-Man TRD Pro hook. Nice, nice. I st I've always done them that way, and then I've started using them on shaky heads and doing them weedless. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's another good option. I know, uh, especially because I know you've used some of the Venom lures, and that Venom makes those weedless TRD heads too, and shaky heads definitely another good option. Um, but I've noticed, at least up there, if I'm throwing them on like a shaky head or something, I need to throw the... Uh, TRD or the big TRD or one of the just an oversized TRD which is like a three inch worm instead of that two inch and uh, that up there for whatever reason you don't get as many bites for smallmouth as what you do with the regular TRD which is like that two inch one I gotcha I gotcha so when's your next trip up there man you already planning your next trip or oh I I don't know I'm talking about well i've got a few trips in the plan right now uh, i want to get back up to lake erie this fall when they're really feeding up and getting fat again for uh the winter and uh ideally it'll be sometime in september or october but i've got another trip where uh me Cass, and then my buddy that i fish with and his girlfriend are heading down to florida for a weekend in um, october and we're gonna go and do some inshore and offshore fishing down there with Cass's cousin who's guide so we're gonna be doing that so I'm not sure with with as busy as my October is I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get up there but ideally it's gonna be in October at some point nice man you know I usually get up there about once a year I usually mm -hmm. like fish east uh, east harbor up there uh, I just didn't get up there this year and uh yeah really, i might i might before the uh the end of summer i might get back up there and try it maybe fish east harbor one weekend but man yeah. I'm back up there man it's especially this year it's definitely uh kind of expensive to get up there 
Um, yeah, gas is with gas right now. Yeah, especially. I mean, if you're in a kayak, it's not as bad. But when you're running the boat and you're going out to the islands and stuff, it's it can get expensive. I think I said it wasn't even that bad um, that I spent on gas to somebody I work with, and I think I spent like 200 to 220 bucks in gas that weekend. I believe it. That was well. The one day was unnecessarily driving my boat. I thought it was going to be too rough to take my boat out to the islands, so we we went to Sandusky Bay to largemouth fish, and it ended up being fine. And I took my boat from Sandusky Bay Dempsey boat ramp all the way out to uh, Putin Bay and Middle Bass Island, which is about a 22 to 23 mile run. Um, so that was kind of an un- unnecessary run where if I would have launched at like Ataba Island or uh, Missouri or something like that, or even West or East Harbor, it's only about a six, seven mile run out there. So uh, that didn't help That's at all. That's a long ways. Yeah. That's yeah, a long was, ways. Yeah, it was a long ways. I think it took about 40 minutes that day to get out to the islands. Oh, so, wow. Well, it paid off for you for sure. And uh, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Cranking with Christian. Yak Legion is proud to represent American Tackle Company. With nearly four decades servicing the tackle industry, Team American Tackle is still leading the way with innovations and improvements that every angler will appreciate. Being avid anglers and rod builders themselves, they take pride in offering the ultimate in diversity, durability, and above all, performance. From rod blanks to reel seats, ferrules to finish, grips to guides, they are committed to providing the very best quality rod building components in the country. From custom rod building in small shops to overseeing rod manufacturing facilities and distribution of parts, their group of industry personnel has made their living with rod components for the last 38 years. This experience and their dedication to manufacturers, custom builders, and anglers are what define the American Tackle Company. Please enjoy their new website at www.americantackle.us. I want to give a shout out to Strictly Sail and Kayak in Blue Ash, Ohio for everything they've done for Yak Legion and the kayak fishing community. You can check out their new website at strictlysailinc.com. They have over 350 kayaks in stock and they have everything you need for kayak fishing and kayak recreation on their new website. Uh, You can call them at 513-984-1907. Check them out, guys. You won't be disappointed. All right, we are back with Cranking with Christian. Now, Christian, I've been seeing you doing some creek fishing lately. How's that been going? Oh, it's been a a lot of fun. And one of the things I've started doing on my YouTube uh, is I've noticed a lot of people like it. And a lot of people think that they've got to travel to all these like bigger rivers or bigger lakes or whatever to go fish. And it's one of the things where I really want to just start doing 
on the channel to really help show that you can catch them anywhere is I've got a little creek that runs through my city um, and really I mean it's a tiny little creek I can cast across it I can I can barely cast and I can cast all the way across the creek um, and I've been going down there and doing like Google Maps challenges or just like urban creek fishing missions and I've I've there's been a lot of smallmouth caught that's for sure whether they're big or not uh, not really but I mean, I can go out there and catch 10, 15 smallmouth that are eight to 12 inches any day of the week, pretty much in those creeks right now. Well, that's always a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, don't look, overlook those small little creeks. A lot of them feed into the bigger rivers and they can hold some big fish. And I didn't even know a few guys that get into the micro fishing and mm -hmm. they come out with the tiniest hooks, the tiniest lures, and uh, they'll go out there and try to catch the creek chubs and the sculpins <laughs> and the little critters that run around in the creek. And that can be fun, too. Some of those fish are really colorful. Yeah, they are. And um, Like you said about how there can be some big fish in it. Um, my creek that I've been fishing runs out of my local reservoir. And that um, really a few weeks ago when we had all those tornadoes, actually it was about a month or two ago now, when we had all those really bad tornadoes come through the area um, in Tip City and Troy, and then all I know down your area had some bad storms too, that um, I was out fishing in, in this creek that is literally 10 feet wide. I was fishing, I got the tornado warning on my phone, and I ended up catching a 24-inch walleye right there at that time. And I'm oh, like, wow. holy crap, I'm like, what are the odds of catching a 24-inch walleye in a creek this small? And that's really what made me be a believer. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, this creek fishing's fun. And uh, you can get, you catch a lot of small fish, but you always are optimistic about the bigger ones. And you always have that chance of catching a really just a small creek monster fish. And uh, those, those, some of those creeks that nobody really thinks about fishing have a lot bigger and better fish than they really think. Oh, 100%, man. I remember a few years ago, a buddy of mine's girlfriend caught a large bowfin out of a small <laughs> creek in the back of Wheelersburg. So me, being the fisherman that I am, I go and investigate. And I go and I fish this little creek. This creek's only two feet deep, maybe, and it's four <laughs> feet wide. But I pulled channel cat after channel cat after out of that little creek. Uh, me and my <laughs> friend Jason both tore him up. We never caught a bowfin, but this girl had caught a big bowfin out of that same spot. And we went down there uh, two different nights and just, just slayed, slayed channel cats. I mean, big ones too. And I guess they go up in those creeks to, to, to spawn. And we were getting them right at that right at that time because <laughs> that, um, that creek ran into Pine Creek. Well, Pine Creek runs into the Ohio River. So okay. all those channel cats are coming up from the Ohio River and they were going up these little feeder creeks and they were spawning up there or something. I mean, they were thick up in there. And man, we had a blast. So don't overlook those little creeks and even drainage ditches and stuff can hold fish. Oh yeah, especially like when you were just down in uh, Florida. You, I see stuff all the time about people pulling out these sweet fish out of drainage ditches and uh, specifically like down in southern florida they do that for that uh, peacock bass which i think would be absolutely insane to do 
Yeah, their retention ponds and the drainage ditches down there are just full of fish and gators. So y'all, you got to worry yeah. about that, poison snakes. Uh, we didn't get a lot of time to go fishing the last time we went down there, but man, I like to go again to Florida and just do like a focused fishing trip where I spend like the whole week down there just exploring and fishing some of the waters down there. Uh, oh yeah. Hopefully you, I can make that happen before the end of summer. And if you ever uh, want to do that and you need the plug on uh, somebody to uh, go fish with, I got my buddy down there. His name's Captain Goggles. He, uh, he has a charter down in Kissimmee or Orlando and he does all types of fishing. So anybody listening, if you ever need someone to fish with down there, Captain Goggles, he's one of my good friends. He's got a YouTube channel also and uh, he knows how to get on them. He, uh, he took out kicking their bass TV and they caught like 25, 26 pounds for five fish. Wow. Um, and it was, I mean, that's consistently that you're catching fish like that. Yeah, check him out. I might have to get him on the show. Yeah, he's uh, I'm sure he would. He was down there at ICAST too. So, uh, um, yeah, real good guy. I've been, me and him, have been doing a lot of collaborating and stuff with our YouTube. I've been helping him because he's trying to grow on YouTube to where uh, just, I mean, he he owns a fishing charter down there. I think it's Fish Fear Me Charters, um, I think, um, and that he's been trying to get into the YouTube game a little bit more. So I've been helping him with some ideas for down there because. I mean, I got some ideas for videos that up here is almost impossible to do, but down there you can get some really good fish on them and that they would be epic down there in Florida. Oh, that's where it's at, man. Florida, Florida, Texas, and California. If you want to go for bass, <laughs> yeah. one of those is your, your best choice. And Florida is definitely a good one. Um, the beautiful you know caribbean tropical paradise down there man it's wild mm -hmm. it's wild well christian how can people follow you on social media um i believe all my stuff is now to uh cranking with christian that's c-a or c-r uh, oh my gosh why can't i spell it today c-r-a-n-k-i-n <laughs> there's no g on the cranking so it's cranking with Christian. Um, that's Instagram and YouTube for if you want to follow. And uh, I've been uploading twice a week right now. It's been a little bit rough as um, kind of preparing for hunting season two. And uh, it's getting into the late summer when fishing slows down a little bit. But that's why I'm going to like I'm going to do this afternoon is I'm going to go hit some local creeks and uh, try to get on some smallmouth since rivers stay fairly cold and the bite stays pretty consistent through the end of summer. Well, get at him, man. I'm I'm stuck here quarantined with COVID. <laughs> I wish I could get out and wet a line, but man, I'm stuck here. So why don't you go out there and live life for me, man? Go out and catch. <laughs> hey, at see. least you're doing good in quarantine right now. You uh, glad you're at least doing good with uh, COVID right now? Yeah, it's not killing me or nothing. You know, I've been lucky with it, and I don't want anybody else to get it. So I'm just kind of staying to myself and. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, happy to announce, though, that Yak Legion is back in full swing, and we are going to weekly uploads uh, every Monday morning. Look out for a new episode of Yak Legion, and I'm excited to be back, guys. And uh, thanks again, Christian, for coming on the show, man. I'm sure this won't be the last time. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, man, but I'd like to get you on here again. Yeah, just let me know. I'd be happy to join whenever, and I appreciate you uh 
having me on and for anybody listening uh these podcasts are great to listen to on the way to work and after work i do it every single day listen to podcasts on the way to work in the morning so just uh giving you a little bit of a plug zach listen to it on the way to work stick in every monday morning yeah thank you much buddy and thanks everybody for listening keep your lines tight